0: You guys, do y'all tinker with
1: the AI these days?
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tinker, tinker is the word. <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: not not yeah, nothing serious, but yeah. we, we play around with it. Um, I
2: don't want to be uh, totally left behind. In that. Yeah, I
1: mean it's it's a necessary. Uh, you you have to learn to use it if you're gonna. And, and I, people are only familiar with a small portion of the tools generally, so they know people know like Midjourney journey and, and those kind of things. But, like, we use it – I've been using, you know, a machine learning system within, like, Isotope RX to do audio restoration for probably five or six years they've had it.
2: Um, Well, like, Photoshop and DaVinci keeps adding AI tools, like, taking out backgrounds in, like, one click. I'm like, this used to take me hours (laughs) to, like, go around a thing. You know, it's it's crazy.
1: It's awesome. And the purely generative stuff, like – I mean, I, I've used ChatGPT for not, you know, you're not going to write a script, with what you, I guess people do, but you're not yeah. going to write like a script, <laughs> with it. but, uh, I, I've used it for things where like you have to generate a stupid idea quickly. That's very generic. Like there, there's, you know, something that you're, perp- you're intentionally trying to create something that's generic and kind of middle of the road. Uh, and it's helpful for, for kind of like building that or templatizing something like that, that then you can kind of rewrite if you're trying to generate a lot of content quickly for, um, As an example, I was helping somebody who wanted to create a bunch of clips for their reel, and uh, they were looking for different styles of clips. And so I was like, "Okay, I'll sit down and I'll write you—you know—help you out. I'll write you like ten different scenes, and we'll kind of go from there." And I was like, "Oh, I wonder what ChatGPT would do with this." And so I asked it to write like uh, you know a a series of scenes for a you know certain age person for a reel. And, um, it came up with like pretty, I mean, again, these are things that like, they're not good, but they are things that are perfect for this. It's, it's, it's sort of very generic, the right kind of emotional beats, you know, the, the right kind of stuff. And then I did rewrites on all those. And I, I, I had to generate, you know, probably a hundred and I picked like five or six that were pretty good. And then I rewrote them and, and, but that was actually like much faster than sitting down and trying to write scenes yourself. Uh, and it was helpful for brainstorming. It was, it was a nice like brainstorming tool.
3: So, you know, things like that. Okay. So wake, not the dead on Indiegogo. I'm S i am I hate how Kickstarter Kickstarter kind of took that word. It's like the vernacular for a crowdfunded thing. Yeah. So sorry about that. It's Indiegogo.
2: Yeah. Well, the Kickstarter is our good friend, Matt Stewart's. Um, it's his movie called wake, not the dead. There's an Indiegogo going right now and he's just a good friend of ours and we're working crew on it. And that's where we met Miriam. And, um, so we just really support it. I guess we're putting in a lot of sweat equity into his movie, but it's really awesome. It's a crazy vampire movie. Uh, what else about it? Well, what We what shot are we half so- of it is where we're at, basically. And yeah. it's got crazy special effects, and he basically ran out of money, and we need to go and shoot more. And, like, something... So Matt and I, like, work camera department for each other all the time and in the industry. And, like, a long time ago, I said to him, I just want to make a movie where, like, I take the time and every frame is absolutely beautiful. And that is what he's doing with this movie. It's gorgeous.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, you know, we don't want to spoil too much of it, of course. Um, I guess the, the plot is essentially... There's like a, a voyeuristic uh, filmmaker who you know goes around kind of filming people, possibly murdering them after you know involved in in some films and yeah. um and comes across a vampire living uh, in a house nearby it's and then very excited things yeah. things kind of you know go, escalate go from there. <laughs> um, what I will say is I believe in this movie so much that uh, Matt Matt said to me he he asked us if we would be in it in a, in small roles cameos. just just kind of cameos. um, that involve heavy prosthetics and and uh you know a lot of gore effects and things and so of course we were like that sounds great you know we'd love to do that and he said but the the one thing is i would ask that you would shave off your beard in order to do it so that we can uh take your beard and reattach it to the prosthetic and um i because of how much i believe in this movie i was like Hell yes, I am interested in. They in had to this.
2: like spray down his beard with like the heaviest hairspray and like shave it off in one piece to get it back on the prosthetic and like its its original form.
1: Yeah, so it came off like as yeah, a chunk. it was like, it was, like, one, like one chunk. One.
2: <laughs> it was insane. So this movie is insane.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> the The uh, effects the the woman who was doing effects uh, Emma she she was like. I've never done this before, but I've seen people do it, so it's like okay, you're not you're not inspiring confidence with that. And but, I think this is going to be
2: in the bonus features for yeah. the Indiegogo. Is I filmed the entire beard removal.
1: <laughs> but she did a great job, and she's amazing. I mean, the, her whole team. She's the the head of the department, yeah. her whole team is really just like uh, has blown us away with the
2: the movie is punching above its weight class yeah. in special effects for sure. It's it's like highest tier level special effects,
1: so. Yep. Which is why they need to raise indie money. indie
2: is like
1: very <laughs> difficult, yeah. <laughs> so we're excited. Yeah, and uh, wake not the dead is uh, yeah. le- leads to there. the goes right to the Indiegogo for that. And there's you know there's a bunch of different um, kind of reward tiers, uh, different ways to get involved in it. And I know he has some like really really tiny kind of joke cameo things that you can kind of buy in on if you want if you're into that sort of stuff. Or there's you know the sort of standard like producer kind of. Credits or there's just the, the get a Blu-ray and that that kind of stuff, you know, depending on what what you've got in terms of money and what your interests are. Um, but yeah, it's a movie that we really believe in, and uh, it was great to meet Miriam on that set. She was she was kind of jam- yeah, we became
2: fast friends.
1: Yeah,
2: we did. <laughs> we speak very bad German, so it was exciting. <laughs> All right,
3: yeah. Back to the beard. So when you shaved it off, <laughs> how was the jaw under there? You got a good jaw? Uh,
1: it it's okay. So it's I mean. <laughs> I, I don't I can't say good or bad but I I am very weirded out by my own face without a beard because I had, had basically had a mustache or beard for for a very long time with occasional times where I've shaved it for projects or other things but yeah it really weirds me out and every time I see myself in the mirror I'm like uh, you know like it kind of jump back and then when they put the prosthetic on and my face was all kind of like mutilated and they put the beard back on, People ask me if I if I was like oh is it is it weird to look at yourself in the mirror all mutilated and I'm like you know what it feels more normal to see my face <laughs> mutilated with the beard on than it did not mutilated with with no beard so i guess that that kind of gives you a sense of how much the beard uh
2: pretty fast though. yeah it's it's uh, it's only <laughs> it's been like a month it was a couple like months much, yeah, yeah it's been because it's, you know, <laughs> so. that was like march you already
1: you're already full beard again, it's fine so. yeah yeah i i mean <laughs> it, you know i wasn't that worried i'm like it's not like a thing i've lost forever it's just a few months of looking like an idiot
3: but yeah i'm jealous dude i um was working at a warehouse and i was particularly lazy one week and somebody told me hey are you growing a beard it looks okay and for me that was a green light and i never looked back yeah but if i lose my beard I also I know I have a bad jaw. Yeah. And I have like three chins that have grown under there. Yeah. So I'm I can't go back. Yeah. Even so well, I, it's a terrifying I mean thing. look at me. I haven't shaved since the Obama administration. <laughs> oh my <God.
1: laughs> you know? Yeah but you're this, a mustache. A guy.
0: I have to be a mustache guy because the beard's not it's not gonna happen. Not
2: participating. <laughs>
0: it grows it grows I it, I look it's like a chin strap where I look like a Serbian nightclub promoter. Or <laughs>
3: Also, I wanted to, to mention, we've actually got like a little bit of a history that goes back to like 2017. Back in the day um, when we we were mostly a blog and we would- Don't kinda, say that word. I, I know. It feels so dirty now. We <laughs> used to watch like Amazon Prime and we just loved indie horror and that was our whole thing. And it still is. We love indie horror. And our buddy Madeline reached out and interviewed you when- Amazon Prime started purging films seemingly randomly. Yes. They would they would strike it for, like, nudity or violence, but it almost seemed like they were just targeting, like, micro-budget or indie film, mm-hmm. which is interesting because the movie at the time that they were pushing was the Greasy Strangler, which was <laughs> all over the cover. And, you know, we're watching um, Once in Final Smash, and I'm like, holy shit, y'all are working together. So... Yeah, the snake I don't it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What it happened back then with Amazon Prime? What they just um, pulled your movie randomly? Yeah. We, well, at that point now, now
1: I don't care because they pay so badly. But back then we were making <laughs> like good. we were making pretty good money uh, on Amazon. It was like to the point where, you know, we thought if we make a few movies and we kind of get a, a sustained thing going, we could make like a, a, a passable living, you know, mostly just doing doing that. And so we had a movie called Blood of the Tribids, um, which... very
2: nude vampire film. It has a lot I of nudity. I remember. We watched it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it has a lot of nudity. And um, they decided, presumably, that... I mean, they didn't tell us. They just say, like, you know, we're pulling it. They don't they don't give you a reason. But it seemed like that was the reason. And then they kind of just started indiscriminately pulling, like, all the indies yeah, after that. Yeah. But,
2: but it was just kind of like, you know, because you're making decent money each month. And then it was just, like, gone. And then, like, that has kind of, like taught me, I mean, a a lesson, I guess. It's like, you know, now we're making money on Tubi and I'm just waiting for the Tubi money to be gone. You know, it's just like anywhere where indie films make any money within a year, they figure out not to pay us.
0: (laughs) And then you go to sort of a step down in in streaming. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: honestly, at this point, it's like YouTube, you know, like that's where there's decent money right now. And it's like, okay, well, it doesn't sound as prestigious, but like if that's where the money is, I'm going to do that.
0: (laughs) It may be. You know, because, like, look at comedy right now.
3: Yeah. Comedy
0: is on fire, and it's because of YouTube.
3: (laughs) Well, okay. Like, it's a huge part of it. Now, you guys are making okay money on Tubi. Last week, we had on Derek Munger, who, he made a mumble gore film that is POV, and it's kind of this Venn diagram for next to nobody, but everybody included in this podcast. And he got kind of, like, burnt by the streaming market. And he, he was telling us that what, it costs like about a thousand dollars to buy in, to get a movie up. And then you try and make your money back. And I'd never heard that before.
1: Yeah. You don't need, I mean, he's probably using an aggregator that you pay for. You don't actually need to anymore. Um, that, you know, that was, I don't know. what I don't know what his plan is. He might be, he might be still doing that, but there's services like, uh, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't work for uh film hub or anything, but fil- there's a service called film hub that, um, most of our like kind of indie friends have turned to because you get direct access to um, kind of a wide range of platforms. Now, you don't have a lot of control. You just kind of submit it to Film Hub and they kind of put it in their catalog and kind of notify platforms. But it tends to get on Tubi and a bunch of others automatically, uh, usually Amazon, not necessarily Prime. And um, they don't take any money up front, they just take oh, 20% okay. back end. So you're basically just uh, giving them a cut. Of what it is, there are others where you pay money up front and they don't take a cut. So for most of us, it's kind of like it's probably be- we're probably better off letting them yeah. take the cut. Some and, movies uh,
2: might not make a thousand dollars, so
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it kind of gives them an incentive out. to make money too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, exactly. Oksana, do you remember what Dutch went through with *Horror in the High Desert*? Was it also Film Hub? Okay, it was like Film Strike or something. Yeah, Dutch, who did Horror in the High Desert, he had a lot of success and was kind of in the same position where he's like, hey, I don't work for them, but they've been really good to me, and now they're showing my movie in Japan. But it sounded like another aggregate like that. Yeah, Um, yeah. The weird thing about Derek, our guest from last week, was he actually ended up working for Tubi on a production, and uh, he he ended up just saying that movie may never get seen because their production was so, like, tyrannical. Oh. so uh to be if you're listening we're also in the bay area and we need a sponsor so <laughs> we can remove that from the episode <laughs> oh, to, be <laughs> to, be. Be. Yeah, to be or not to be to be or not to be okay so um we deal a lot with like in-world camera found footage horror and when we had jay on talking about the third saturday in october i i told him i was like hey why don't you make a faux doc about this film and kind of like you know <laughs> Anchor everybody into your world. And he was like, Well, you know, uh, I was at a film fest and uh, he told us about you. So, me and Clark both watched Once in Final Smash and End Zone 2. Yes. God, you know how hard it was to remember those titles? Once in the <laughs> <a> future. Okay. <laughs> and I've been
1: working on You're it. Close. It's, it's all right. so close. It's got an so, It's we'll, we'll, We're fine with
2: it. So, what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> As far as the doc, or the yeah, like yeah, because yeah, yeah,
3: either yeah, could doc. be the case where you made yeah. a faux doc and then backed it up with the film. We've <laughs> seen say, people do.
2: Back to Jay because everybody's been telling us about uh, Third Saturday, and we both show up at the film festival, and it was kind of like a West Side Story moment. Like with, <laughs> <laughs> with <laughs> we're and I. Yeah, and like,
1: <laughs>
2: is this going to be chill or not? And then we got on famously, yeah, we loved great. each other. Yeah, love we loved guys. each other's movies, so it was really awesome just really bizarre for this year to be the year yeah, of like crazy. weird yeah. two movie football things, but
1: there's room in the market for all. of I it. mean, is apparently it? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but
3: hey, it, it's yeah, perfect.
2: Definitely the mockumentary yeah. came first
3: for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Cause honestly I couldn't tell. And I yeah. was like, I don't know if they made like a movie and then just wanted to back it up or, <laughs> okay. So you ended up working with the greasy strangler too. Was there any animosity there? <laughs> well, Michael St. Michael's is his name. <laughs> He's not. He's not <laughs> the production of the film. He is yeah. the greasy. Strangler. He is not the personification.
1: He even <laughs> says, "I am the greasy striker.
2: <laughs> he, uh, he does. So, he does. Uh, he's amazing. No, he's he, yeah, he. Uh, you know, he tests you. <laughs> <laughs> he puts on that the persona, and then you know, underneath, he's just a squishy guy. <laughs> yeah. No, well, we're,
3: we're we're good. We're friends. I feel we're like
2: he's my honorary <laughs> grandpa at yeah. this point. I love him. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Okay, and you know, oddly enough, he doesn't get nude in your movie. You know, yeah, <laughs> what a right was But one, Bill Weeden did one nude
1: scene in our movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie. Uh, you want you want the the briefest context movie. of how yeah. the movies came together? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, our friend Neil Jones, who does a podcast called "Without Your Head," he you know he's interviewed horror people for for decades at this point. Um, I I just chat with him all the time you know we've known him for a while Uh, we've done a couple of small things with him and he was kind of i had already been thinking about how convention culture is just really interesting we don't particularly like going to conventions because we just don't like crowds and all all that kind of stuff and it just kind of feels like a weird (laughs) thing but but we love or at least I love the um, the idea that there are these actors who like did a movie in the 80s and kind of Maybe left their career in acting and are now re emerging and are so happy to be remembered for something that they maybe thought at the time was kind of like a throwaway or meaning, you know. Because when you're doing a, let's say, a, a, a late Friday the 13th, you know, franchise sequel, I'm sure in the 80s when that was happening, like people in the industry weren't like, oh, you've made it, you know, they, they <laughs> think like that's kind of like know, yeah. trash. They're like, that's kind of a trash thing. But you know what? those movies are watched more than yeah. like the best picture winners from that year. You know, like those, those movies are more important to people than like nobody's the...
2: watching the English
1: page. No, exactly. Film. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so it's really interesting to see those people kind of come back and, and, and rec- be recognized by a fandom and um, have younger filmmakers coming in, you know, having interest in putting them in films again. And I think that's a fascinating world. Um, another element of that world that's really fascinating is the kind of Weird petty feuds that happen within it, or people are arguing about like who really played Jason in this movie, or who really played Leatherface, and you know whatever. And um, so, I had already been interested in kind of this this realm as a as, as a kind of a storytelling a uh, place, you know. So the, the I'm like there are a lot of interesting stories to think about there. And Neil said to me, um, and I won't say who, but they're both in our movie. Uh, Neil said to me, oh, you know, one of the one of my former guest is angry that I'm having this other guest on because they have kind of a a disagreement about who played a certain character in a certain, in a certain movie. And they were like kind of both complaining that the other one was, was on the show. And I said, Oh, Neil, that's really interesting. I've, I've been thinking about how that would be a fun story to tell, to look at like two people like that, two, two individuals like that. Um, but, you know, I don't think I'm ever we're ever going to make that movie because it involves like getting access to a, a convention and doing all kind, kinds of stuff. And Neil was like, you know, I could reach out to my friends at Mad Monster and see if they would let us, uh, you know, let, let you, he said at that point, uh, film there, you know, to be involved in that. And I was like, oh, you know, sure, that, that's fine. You know, that's not never going to happen. Never going to happen. And I think about an hour later, he, he got back to me and said, you know, Evan from Mad Monster called him and they talked about it and he was like you can you can come shoot you know you can come do it I think you this want, was basically.
2: like less than 6 months before the convention yeah, convention in February this is <laughs> like maybe no,
1: August yeah. yeah and so uh you know I, I said to neil i'm like well you know I, I i'm interested in this but you know you would have to be involved cuz we need you to you know to coordinate with the convention and stuff and we would need to get uh, uh other people from the horror world you know to be involved in the movie and i know you're connected with a lot of those would you be interested in, in helping us produce this movie and neil said yes and then we thought right away, who are the who are the two people who would be this you know this character? And the first two people that came to mind were were Michael St. Michael's and Bill Whedon. Um, and Michael, I, you know, I didn't know personally, but we knew him through the Greasy Strangler. Neil had interviewed him and and had had uh, met him and done panels with him and stuff. And Bill, I had worked with on another film called Ungovernable Force, and I knew him personally pretty well. Uh, and I would just was excited to work with him again. And um, so we reached out to both of them the next day or two and they both immediately said yes. And then we thought, well, shit, now we have to write a movie. <laughs> um, so then we started the process of writing the movie. And, and uh, of course, you know, we thought like, well, what is the movie that they were in? You know, cause they, they have to both have been this character and we need like an iconic character and like an iconic movie. And the idea would be that nobody is familiar with this movie, but it sort of has a big, It influenced a lot of people in the industry, but nobody, you know, fans haven't really heard of it. It's like the first time that fans are are hearing about it. So it's kind of like this iconic lost film is sort of the idea. And um, we just started kicking around ideas. And Sophia, I think, said... I said the word Smash Mouth. Because we're like, what does a character <laughs> mean? We're like, you know, what, what, we need an iconic and, character.
2: Uh, I'm a kid of the 90s. I was like, Smash Mouth. And uh, we looked it up, and it turns out to be a football term, which I had no idea. It is. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm,
0: a- I'm a football guy. Yeah. So yeah. it's um, – when I figured out that, you know, we, to have a slasher <laughs> named Smash Mouth – is a profoundly smart thing. Yeah. And I was very impressed and very happy. So yeah. home run there. But when I
3: watched it, I went, dude, they didn't even have one reference to the band in here. Well- <laughs> and he was like, you know, it's a football term. <laughs> we were careful. I mean, th-
1: I, I, I don't even know if I should say that. I guess it's fine
2: he won't listen though.
1: we were careful about it because we, we didn't want them to to think that we got it from them although ultimately like of course that's maybe why we were familiar with the word oh, yeah though it's not though it doesn't you know it sort of doesn't but when come... I
2: interviewed uh, Victor Miller he was going on and on about sma- like he like was talking about smash ball oh. football and it was so funny and I was just like okay you're the only one that knows this <laughs> term <laughs> But We've been
1: working on getting the band in the movie. Yeah, uh, we're close. We're
2: talking. It might happen.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It might not. But there's a possibility because we're going to do a final cut of it, uh, not pretty similar to what you've seen. You know, that's the festival version. Uh, there's just a couple things we're adding or taking out. You know, just jokes that didn't work or making adjustments. And um, it it came to be that we're in conversation with the band. I don't I don't know if it's going to work out. Oh, um,
0: it but, but if it does, if if it it does it that'll be really great oh, <laughs> that's
1: so good yeah so we'll see we'll see but but yeah so we didn't really include references to the band in the movie because we didn't at that point we didn't have them kind of on board to do it yeah Now it's possible I would say it's I, I call it 50 50 yeah but if if they're or on board the movie, then, oh, we then, yeah, then it'll it'll us, yeah. it'll be cool I mean yeah, that'll be, it'll fun. be pretty
2: awesome yeah
1: right. well
0: we're sending good vibes for that <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> we want it to happen.
3: One more reason to buy the Blu-ray if you've already yeah, seen, it. seen it. <laughs> Dude, I'm shocked at the amount of access you guys had at Mad Monster. It seemed like not only did they like give you a booth and like okay, let's talk about that. Because I do go to conventions. I mean, not a lot anymore, but uh we do Sinister Creature Con out here and um Monster Palooza in LA every now and then. And The first thing I thought was if you you, like the problem here was that they didn't advertise what they had properly. If they were at a booth and they're like, hey, we're slashers from a lost movie. I feel like people would have lined up down the block for them to try and get in on that first wave and go on social media and be like, hey, lost film. I met the dude. So when I was watching the movie, I'm like, I don't I don't know if we'd get this kind of cold shoulder to like a lost icon. Cause we're always trying to like, like look at all our boutique labels. It's all about scooping up shit, which there was uh, David Gregory from Severin actually gets caught on camera in a frame. I thought he actually did a scene
1: for us. He did a bit for us uh, about not having ever heard of the film to to (laughs) put up. But we ended up not putting it in the movie. It's, it's sort of complicated because we were trying to decide what the angle was like for like a seven Like if you should have
2: heard of it or if you Yeah. It- <laughs> and,
1: and so we ended up shooting where he had not heard of it. And then like later we realized like, oh, I wish we had had him say like, we tried to, because we ended up using Lloyd for the bit where he's like, we tried to put out the movie but we yeah. couldn't find the thing, and I was like, "I wish we got David to say," it. which he would have. He would have done, you know. I mean, he, he yeah, did whatever. He was right next um, to us,
2: though. But yeah, so we yeah. we actually have.
1: He's credited in the movie because he has like a scene. It'll go on the deleted scenes, like it'll yeah. be in the. In the deleted. So, oh, do
3: I It just didn't
1: that. fit the narrative. Yeah, it didn't fit yeah. the narrative. So,
3: yeah, I, there's an opportunity too to like kind of represent a like greedy version of that market. Yeah. where you know <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's a new movie. Like, it does it look like an Italian horror? Because that's kind of like Severin's vibe. Right. Right. But yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you have people coming up to your table trying to actually well, buy stuff? Yes. <laughs> Especially for Michael, because he had been to that
2: specific Mad oh, Monster duh. Convention yeah. before as the Greasy Strangler. So a lot of people were trying to come for autographs or him and we tried to start our days like a couple hours before the crowds came in you know and like I don't know. It was like kind of a nightmare for sound. And like the other booze wanted to play music and we'd be like, hey, can you like not play music for like an hour so we can get some dialogue? And oh cool. hey, yeah, everybody They're was social. Nice, yeah. But yeah, Mad Monster was so kind. They gave us the table. They let us have um an hour in the panel room, like the giant room. Uh yeah, they just let us run free. And I think they told the hotel, like, oh, people are running off cameras, don't worry about it. Cause we shot everywhere in that hotel. It was like
1: yeah, they, they give us full unfettered access,
2: access. Which was great.
1: For, in terms so you of didn't have off, to do releases or anything when you were well, shooting. We, like, we got releases from everybody who like to... is actually in, you know, in in the movie, and then we just put up signs that said like we're shooting a movie. You know, you're in it, but because we could, I mean, it's impossible yeah. to get a release from yeah. Every, yeah. every person walking yeah. through. Um, but yeah, in terms of your question, we wanted to control what was actually happening in terms of who was coming up to the table and such, and it was like it's it was complicated to figure out yeah. how to do that. So we didn't want random people lining up and like, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, so we tried to minimize (laughs) that. Um, But we did, you know, a lot of the people who are in the movie are just kind of like people who are there and we're like, Hey, we've got the scene. Do you want it? You want to do this little bit for us? Oh, That's so cool. So so it's scripted. I mean, that's the thing. It's all, it's all scripted, even though maybe some of it feels like, you know, it's kind of improvised. Well, it's all scripted except for the costume party. Which um, we didn't even know there was a costume contest uh, at, at the thing, but we. Uh, so James is the host. He plays the Elvis guy, James Balsamo. I don't know if you know yeah, him, but, but yeah, he's uh, he also plays one of the fans, the super fans in our in, in the movie. He uh, we knew he was hosting the costume party, and we said, um, James, we're just going to enter into the into the costume contest. Uh, we just want you to have him lose. We just want him to lose. Just say it's bad and have him lose. And that's all we. That's all we said that's that's it and he went crazy he yes. went he, he told to him, him yeah. and nobody it was it was legitimately a costume contest nobody there happening. knew that we were filming a thing or that that was staged and they all came up to him after and yelled at him for bullying <laughs> uh, and stuff. like it was it, it got really out of control of uh, in a in a very funny way and um
3: and uh, it's it made for you know made for great movie I yeah. think. Uh, it's one it was of my really
2: favorite fun. scenes
3: now. Yeah. <laughs> now I was hoping that was real too because oh, yeah. I, I I you know again I go to these conventions and I'm like there's no way. This crowd was loving this guy. Like calling somebody <laughs> back on stage to say boo him, he's a loser. Dude, that was fantastic. How did. many people were in that crowd? It was a lot. Was yeah, we didn't actually even I, I we didn't even
1: show like a great crowd shop, but yeah. it was jammed. It was, it was like jammed, whatever yeah. the capacity of that place
3: was, it was like, probably
1: oh, I think it was more like four or five hundred. Yeah.
3: And honestly, costumes not that bad. It was just kind of like boring in Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But but people Came up to AJ
1: after they were like hugging him and they were like, I <laughs> like your costume, don't, don't let him bully you. Like, you know, don't it, like it. I think it was,
2: that was an emotional journey for AJ because
0: <laughs> well, like, that, that just shows the gentle nature of the horror community, yeah,
1: yeah. you know. Yeah. So, it was, Dude, very funny. it was very funny.
0: So, how, how long did you uh have access to shoot at the convention?
2: We only shot three days, it was a three day convention, yeah. It's, it's, yeah so and we knew our time with Michael and Bill was very short, so we were just really concentrated on getting everything we possibly could with them. Um, and then knowing like AJ lives in LA, he's a friend of ours, so like we could pick up other stuff with him later. Um, we tried to write yeah. the script
1: with the knowledge that we would have only the you know the weekend we we yeah. you know we arrived thursday night oh, yeah. so I
2: think, yeah, we, we, we basically
1: like... rounded them up uh we we br- we brought michael to the airport ourselves you know and flew with and him bill flew and bill new lives in new york so he flew himself and then we met him in north carolina and we shot a couple of those guerrilla scenes in the airport as well you know with both of them and um and then uh we went to the convention thursday night and i think we did a little bit of shooting thursday night but mostly it was you know friday saturday sunday uh, and then sunday you know afternoon we flew out and that was that was it i mean that was the end of it
3: man, it's it's really interesting that this film came up sort of um, organically from an opportunity because while I was watching it, I kept thinking, okay, were they trying to make like a horror comedy or were they making a mockumentary in like a true sense? Now, we talk about like in world cameras so much. And early on, when I was kind of like studying it, I thought mockumentary was a bad term because it kind of evokes like spinal tap. And that's mm-hmm. not what I wanted. Uh, or, you know, it works well for like what we do in the shadows, but it's such a broad thing that I'm like, mockumentary kind of makes you think of comedy. The office. Yeah, and The office too, but another comedy. I'm yeah. trying to think of something that's not a comedy. What's a what's a The, the office? I was <laughs> <No, I'm> kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm kidding, so I think is
2: generally comedic. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. the it thing might, is, yeah. so we started calling them faux doc. And that's Fodoc. what I would say yeah. all the time. Yeah. No. Because, you know, on sure. YouTube, there's a lot of them. Like kind yeah. of alternative reality where we're looking at like if you had well, made, Ghostwatch
0: Ghost Watch is technically a mockumentary. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. But then you start getting into the nuance of like, what's a found footage horror? Like, do people what die? is life? Sure, yeah. sure. So, you know, I had to take. Oh, you know, what's a, a mockumentary is Man Bites Dog, and mm, that's yeah. like yeah. that's a dark comedy. But you wouldn't yeah. like you wouldn't pitch that to your family and be like, Hey, you want to watch a mockumentary? <laughs> sure. Anyway, so, what you know it. I mean, it's there. I bought a documentary book and it says straight up mockumentary is making fun of the format. And I think your movie is like a perfect example. And, you know, we're talking about streaming content and how there used to be a lot of money in Amazon Prime. But now there's I think they went from like a nickel a minute to like a penny to like a penny after 50 minutes to like just like very little. And it's because there's so much. I mean, we opened up talking about A.I., and like supplementing content,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and it's like there's a lot of documentaries about everything in in horror. And I think Screambox is coming out. They had the Pennywise one. They yeah. did a Child's Play one. Yeah. And it's not that they're bad. It's just that they're a thing. Yeah. And I feel like you've made a perfect parody of like how self indulgent, how like bubble communicative these things are. Like yeah. the movie's about two dudes arguing who represented a character. And one of them's literally not even like shown in the movie that's available. I don't, it's, it's such a good like cultural like kind of like beacon now. So I think you, you, opportunity turned into something kind of important. For sure. well, thanks. Yeah,
2: I think like each reference, like every joke in the movie is pretty much based on like a real thing that we've heard or read about. Or like there's a whole section on Italian horror. Like that's all like yeah. you can find the exact references <laughs> to everything we mentioned. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it is. But, you know, that's really interesting. You say you talk about the form because it's true. There's like a million of these tiny like horror docs about subjects that aren't necessarily that interesting. Or like that or like necessarily deserve like a you know, 90 minute treatment. And so it, it, it was an interesting idea to think about, like, what is our target with this? Like, what are we trying to accomplish with this? Um, is it the story of these guys? Is it the story of the movie? Is it the story of, like, like horror, horror fandom? fandom? Yeah. You know, is it is it the story of the, how culture has shifted? What is important in culture? And so we wanted to include a lot of these elements. And I'm like, you know. And it's I, funny with
2: the AI stuff, too, because, like, yeah. we include a bit of that towards the end of the movie. I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, yeah. but there's a, there's a bit of that. And when we shot it, was 20... Uh, it was
1: written in 2019.
2: Yes, written we in 2019. But we shot okay. at the beginning of 2020, so, like, right before the world shut down. Uh, so we didn't even know, like, how crazy AI stuff was going to get in the next couple of years. And so yeah. it's, like, it's so, like, culturally relevant right now <laughs> to what's going yeah. on. It's just
1: weird. We, we got ahead of it a little bit. Again, backing yeah. up to the opportunity.
2: <laughs> I know, we did. We're, like, a tiny bit. Like, <laughs> one second into the future. But backing up to the... Um, your comment about like doing what's available to you at the moment, I think as low budget filmmakers, that's always what happens. Like we always have this master plan of like, Oh, we're going to do this movie next, you know, like our, our goal movie or like we have this big budget script that we really want to do that. We were trying to find money for. And then it always ends up being like, what are the exact resources we have in this moment to do something for very little money. <laughs> and so like, you know, that's why we did the ones a future smash at that moment, because like we had such high production value of being able to go shoot at this convention for you know, oh, yeah. the price of our flights and hotel rooms, you know? So that was like what, you know, forced us in that direction, you know? So it, that's always how it works with us. It's like, we think we're going to do something. And then some resource comes our way. And we're like, all right, well, we'll do this next. And like put that other thing on the back burner yeah. to maybe never be seen again.
3: <laughs> so, you know, it's all about like immersion and authenticity and like Mad Monster Party, like that really elevates like the platform you guys have, but then you also have all these interviews and yeah. they're, they're kind of like what I refer to as like the VH one talking, mm-hmm. like you remember, they'd be like scariest moments and they would have all these like D list comedians and actors <laughs> and they would kind of be reacting to a clip, you, you know, they Doug just Benson? Them. yeah, like it was just like that date really. not really authorities on the subject though. Like Doug Benson's a, a, mm-hmm. personalities. Yeah, but there are always people you don't know mixed in with, like, one or two that are really interesting. If you know, you know, I know who Godfrey was. But, like, they nailed it, too. Like, you have Vic Miller, and it's like, oh, that's really interesting, like, hearing from him and Lloyd Kaufman. And then you have, like, what, the guy who gets bullied by the Toxic Avenger, right? Or, like, he is is (laughs) the Toxic (laughs) Avenger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it's like, you know, you have, like, this range. And it's there's something about the way that you roll out the movie too, because that almost vanishes halfway through. Like the movie turned into like cinema verte towards the later half. Mm -hmm. And was that something like you was reflected in the script or do you Mm kind of like pepper in those interviews as you had like opportunity to have them? Uh, The interviews are scripted. So um, it's, it's interesting,
1: of course, writing a script when you don't know who is going to be in the movie. Right. So you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm writing like uh, um, Melanie Kinnaman type, and then I read a line. And, and <laughs> then, uh, so, you know, it's sort of like who i who I imagine doing these things. And there, there are people who are in the script or like who are not, final were not in the movie. You know, or like special um, effects yeah. type. But, but, yeah, uh, but the idea um, – I'm trying to well, figure out which things. question to answer first. So, first of all, we <laughs> – no, that's uh,
3: my fault. Believe a lot me, of it, every guess. No, no, guest no, no feels good. Good. There were a lot of questions. A lot of, good, it was questions. good questions, <laughs> though. Good
1: questions. A lot of it was about opportunity, so we knew we were going to get whoever Neil, you know, had access to. And uh, we sat down with Neil. We made a list of the people we wanted, um, and then he reached out, and we got a lot. I mean, I'm shocked how many people we got who we were, you know, who were on that list, it was amazing. Um, and others said no, but it was sort of like, it's not that we would say no to like a super famous person. But we also felt like it didn't make sense for like a, you know, like a Robert England or something. It wouldn't make sense for him to be in this movie. It sort of has to be people who are um, successful and are in those things. But, but I wanted more of the kind of people who are the convention people who had had like one or two movies and kind of, you didn't really know about them otherwise. And then they're reemerging at the convention. So it's kind of like targeting those kind of like smaller uh, personas or identities that that only the horror fans would really be knowledgeable about, if that makes sense. Yeah, we
2: really trying to get like people from each kind of franchise as much mm-hmm. as we could, just to like get all the franchises represented. I think we didn't get anybody from Halloween. No Halloween, <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> we didn't really. Like,
3: so but, no. well, let me let me go back there. So like not having like a Robert Englund or like a Kane Hodder, mm-hmm. is it because? Like, can you explain a little bit more why you wouldn't want them? Because when I think of these, when (laughs) I think of these kind of, when these kind (laughs) of movies, it is a thing. Like, if they're a big voice and they're talking about something very, like, small or, like, lost, it almost, it almost, it always comes across as like, a lie like oh you, you all mm. got paid to come in here and lie about this thing yeah. and then you start to wonder about the production and you're like is this really like a propaganda piece that you're trying to pump up this movie so we all go buy it like are you getting and what i always think about is anvil the story uh, of and, anvil yeah you were that was like the first like hey here's a band you you missed and it opens up with all of those people. It's like guns and roses. Oh man, yeah. this band, I thought they were going to be bigger than us. And you're like, did you <laughs> like, you played with them like one time. So I'm, I'm curious, like, did you not want to represent like big people in a bad light or no, it
1: just, I don't know. It just didn't feel the, like the right thing because I, I, I feel like it. I mean, like, like I said, I, I don't want to, we didn't reach out to most of them, but you know, it's not yeah. like I would have said no. It's not like if Kane Hodder was like, I want to be part of your movie. We would have said no. Um, I definitely don't think he would. Yeah. Because no, he that would. feels a little yeah. bit
3: close to like his storyline. Yeah yeah, so. yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I, and that's fine. I mean, that's totally okay. Yeah. But it just, he signed felt, blender. <laughs> it felt more authentic to us to have the people who were kind of, because the idea was that it's like, it was super influential to these people, but like you, you only saw it in these kind of like echoes of it, I guess is yeah. the idea. You only, you only see the little, the little like kind of ripples of how this movie affected others in the course of these things. And, um, I mean, there's a really funny, like there's a moment in it that I love. And I think, um, uh, Adam Marcus and, and Todd Farmer are like, uh, I mean, I, I love all the interviews, but they, they did a great thing where they kind of play off each other a little. And, um, they were
2: in the room for each other's
1: interviews too. So, <laughs> but, but we, we wrote the li- I mean, we wrote the lines, but they thought it was really funny to say, like, uh, like Todd says, Adam and I never got along. We always fought over who made the best Jason movie. And people who are like kind of knowledgeable on Friday the 13th really react to that because like famously, those are two pretty hated. uh, And they, you know, Todd, Todd knows what he's knew what he was saying as well. Like they understood the joke. And I feel like it's important that it's like those kind of like the lesser known movies almost are celebrated in this and the, and the hated movies and the like lesser known franchise movies or the lesser liked franchise movies are the ones that are kind of like elevated by this, this story.
3: I don't know. It just felt like it was like the underdog story of some, of some kind. Dude, I um, I definitely am on Todd Farmer's side too. For people listening, you probably know, but he did a uh, Jason X. Yeah. And if you rewatch that damn movie, he was just ahead of the time. Like yeah. it's such a like modern. I mean, look at Fast and Furious. Like at what point does that fucking franchise stop? Like mm-hmm. I heard that in the next stop, w- won't stop. number just, 11, they're doing time travel. Yeah. So oh, like, <laughs> they're making billions of dollars. So we could deal with Uber Jason. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I I defend Todd Farmer. Yeah, yeah I, I also love him in the film. Yeah. No, we like those movies. I mean, it's not yeah.
1: like it's not that, uh, that uh, I think that they're bad movies or anything. But I think it's just interesting that the culture of fandom. Oh, you know, sometimes people re embrace movies that they hated at the time, and there's like a re-emergence of you know love for for sequels that are there's kind of like a retconning of the, of the reaction of fans to like, what yep. are, and I think all those things are really interesting. And I think we, we just, it made, it felt like it made sense for us to have that, that to be the context within our film. Um, so we kind of wanted more to target those, those sorts of people. And, um, and, you know, we, we love, I mean, these are like the people we grew up watching and uh, and we love too. And and it's not like um, it also rewards it rewards fans in a way where they're familiar. um, It's special to them because they know who those people are and somebody else, you know, doesn't. So they feel like, Oh, I know who this is. I get to really understand the jokes, the subtleties of that. And um, it also, it kind of works enough for people who don't know because all you need is that Chiron to understand like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's somebody from a Friday the 13th movie or somebody from a, you know, uh, whatever the movie is. And I think that, Finding that balance was tricky uh, in terms of writing Um, to your next question in terms of the script. uh, Yeah, it was all scripted. The, we didn't know who we would have, but we kind of, a lot of people were in the movie were in the script Um, and uh, it was designed a little bit. I was a little bit inspired by this movie, life after flash. Do you know that movie? No, it's a flash Gordon documentary from a couple years ago it came out pretty recently yeah and it's uh it's it's kind of the story of sam jones who played uh sam jones his name, sam jones who played uh flash gordon uh and his life and how it kind of like fell apart after flash and then it's kind of the history of the film of the making of the film and i thought it's really interesting that there's a doc that's kind of a, a duality it's about those two things and there are like parallel elements but you kind of see one story unfold and then kind of see the other story unfold. And we thought like, it'd be interesting to make the movie kind of transform a little bit from going from about end zone and about the series and then being more about those guys, uh, and less about the series. And also we wanted to pull off a little bit of the, um, of the frog boiling, if that makes sense, where you, 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 um, it gets more and more insane. Like it gets more and more ridiculous and by the end, you're like, how the hell did we get to yeah. this ridiculousness? Because
2: I think the first 20 minutes, it's very plausible that this is just a movie you haven't. Heard oh,
1: yeah. Of. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so like the frog boiling, you know, the goal was for us to get to absurdity without you feeling like you there was a moment where it went off the cliff. You sort of feel like, I don't know how I got to the you know, to the, the bottom of the ravine, but I somehow fell off a cliff <laughs> at, at some point along the way. So, you know, finding the balance yeah. of those things. And is, definitely we is moved
2: some bits around and took some bits out. Yeah. Like there's a whole section on the music that like is like 10 minutes about the music in on 2, which is cool. But like, you know, it just didn't fit in any spot. So, you know, there's like definitely choices that were made in the edit with our editor, Aaron yeah. Brokus, like of, of of the structure in that way. But mostly it stayed on, on target, I think, with what you had in your mind.
0: My next question. <laughs> Two words why football <laughs> we already smash answered mouth. that <laughs> <laughs> that's it. no 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 that so that
1: was it you came up with the name and that was like all right we're running with it that's yeah. it <laughs> well here's the thing Sophia said smash mouth we looked it up we saw his football we're like there's never been like a football slasher character it's so <laughs> it's so visually iconic yeah. because like the you know especially and, the yeah. old you know the old style like My you know leatherhead bit. helmet because we needed an iconic character we're like what is a visual element? That's interesting enough, and we're like Smash Mouth. He has a broken, you know, jaw. His face is all deformed from that. He's wearing a football outfit. He He's maybe like cannibal. beats people with a football. <laughs> it all, it all you know, they're together. all those elements. <laughs> like we're like, these are great. Like these are things that make it feel iconic. It's gonna be yeah. memorable if we just kind of like like really dive into that that realm. And we kind of didn't want. We're, we're like, oh, it's gonna be expensive and hard to make. A, a movie where there's football movie. games and stuff. So that was kind of what made us think like, well, what we'll if there's the no sequel. football in it? It's because <laughs> we knew it was going to be the sequel. We wanted it to be the sequel, no matter what, that was already yeah. set. But we're like, uh, what if it's, you know, years later after the, the football stuff has kind of ended, but he's still wearing his like football outfit, still like kind of living in his glory, glory days of football. Um, and so you have this football character, you know, running around in the woods, like, you know, killing people, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but that that sort of felt right to us. Yeah.
3: Wow. Now, Sophia, Michael, I think you're lovely people. And we would probably have a great time hanging out. And this is a thing that happens where you hear people's ideas. And if we were at a bar and you're like, Oh, we're going to make a slasher with a football character as the uh, villain. I'd be like, this is going to be fucking terrible. It sounds <laughs> jokey. I hate it. But here's the thing. In end zone two, you don't treat it funny. Hit no. the lighting that hits him and that mask, dude. I almost wish there were there was an original. I really like the way he looks. Is like everything you just said. He beats people with the football yeah. that shouldn't work, but yet you know, in end zone two, I'm like, I wish he had more screen time. Yeah. Dude, it looked incredible. Where where did that mask come from? Uh, we got our friend Joe Castro.
2: He's a special effects guy out here. He's awesome. And we just were like, Joe, we need something that looks plausible like it could be from the 70s. <laughs> And I was like, so nothing too like articulating or like whatever, like, you know, and I he spent like a month working on it, like going through ideas and stuff and sending us like photos and mock-ups. He really took it very seriously. He was so excited to design like an iconic mask, you know? And he just he did a really great job. He's actually in the mockumentary as the 1970 mask maker talking about Vietnam Brad. and stuff. So we gave him a little cameo for that. But yeah, he did a great job with it.
1: Yeah. It was a hard task too, because it's like make a mask that's like shitty enough that it could be from 1970 yeah. but it we don't want it to feel shitty on screen like we want it to feel like something it has to have enough of a presence even though it can't you know it can't be like full prosthetic like build with you know mouth movement yeah it has to be kind of static got, feely, kind of like a rubber kind of low motility yeah. but 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 at the same time we, we we don't want it to be a joke that was the thing we we wanted to, uh, because all those movies that are good and fun, I mean, the, the, even, look, they're going to be cheesy and they're going to be like corny elements. And we wanted to limit it to like the technologies that might be available. But we also wanted to approach it like as seriously as possible so that it felt authentically, like it felt earnest. Um, none of it's like tongue in cheek. None of it's just like, you know, the, yeah, the it's not
2: hammy to camera. Like it was yeah. important to me like End Zone Two is like a real movie, like that I would enjoy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And so like I wanted I didn't want it to be a joke. Like I feel like when people make jokes of things, sometimes it's like you're trying to make a, a funny B movie, but like the only way to get to a funny B movie is to do it so seriously, I think. You know, I try your okay. hardest and then it just kind of ends up there. You
1: know? I mean, it's going to be, there are going to be things that are funny or, yeah, of or course, quote unquote you know? bad because. But like the- for the
2: actresses, like I told them to watch like Clue and, you know, Black Christmas, obviously, but like serious 70s Altman movie. I told them to watch Altman. You know, like oh, I was okay. telling them to, you yeah. know, like, that's, that's how highbrow I was thinking. I was yeah. like, if they try for that then we'll get somewhere that's kind of great, you know? Right. And, like, you know, they
3: took it seriously, so. Yeah. So, who is the actress that played the girl? She's a recurring character from the first movie, where she actually um, was the one that saved everybody. Yeah, who, Trista Robinson. Dude, she fucking went for it in yeah, this film. Yeah, she's amazing, yeah. I, she did a fantastic, now, I, I don't, I usually get caught up in like artistic interpretation, all this pretentious shit I have no idea about. And I almost, I'm kind of blind to actors. Like it's actually a kind of a problem when you do a fucking review Uh, podcast. Correct. I have to clean up. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, the thing is that I'm dumb and I, uh, it's not hard for me to be immersed in a movie. So, you know, the thing that indie horror can offer you is just new faces all the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I usually don't learn names, but her performance was so good. Yeah. I'm just like, god damn, man, she's like crushing it right now. She's amazing. She um
2: she was in a movie by some friends of ours called Echoes of Fear, where she's pretty much the only character. And it's like a haunted house movie. And the way she carried that movie, I was like, I need to work with her. She's so good. She's really
1: nice too. Yeah. I mean, she's a great person. And she's I'm in really tons great. of indies. Yeah. yeah. She's she's done a lot of indie work. And um, she's just very dedicated to, you know, to doing it well, seriously. Even, like,
2: there's the seance yeah. scene. We didn't practice it. <laughs> it's just like, okay, now we're doing the seance. And we just hit roll. And she just came out the gate with like this crazy performance. And we were all just like, oh, my God. Like, okay, this is like how serious and cool this is going to be. Uh, so, you know. Well, we told them all. Of we her choices, we you know?
1: also told them all. We were like, look, this is shot. Like a a kind of a regional film in 1970 Well, here's
2: the thing: we priced out shooting on 16 millimeter because initially I was like, "This is my time. I'm going to do it for the first time ever. I'm going to shoot on film." And it was so even. I was like, even if I knew exactly where all the cuts were going to be, where all my close ups were going to be, it was still going to be like thirty thousand dollars, one to one ratio. (laughs) So I was like, I can't. You know, we can't afford that. Yeah. So, but that was like, all right. Well, that's how I need to shoot it, though. As if burning film was costing me that much money, you know? So I was like, it's going to be on long takes, you know, there's not going to be a ton of time to do a close up on everybody, you know, that kind of stuff. So we told them like, it's going to be like, know the script because we're going to be running eight, 10 minutes at a time.
1: Yeah. And, And a lot of the scenes are kind of one, one or shots, you know, they're long, long, single take shots. That lasts a couple like, minutes. There's
2: a shot where it's like zooming in and out, but it's like Trista just crying in the yeah. foreground and everybody's worried about the <laughs> But like, it's like a three or four minute scene, you yeah. know?
1: <laughs> so they had okay. they had to really know what they were doing. Yeah. They did rehearse. They all really rehearsed hard. And we talked. We we met with them a, co- a few times and really talked through like the style of acting. And you know, of course, everybody does it their own way, and that's fine because we. we th- there's it's okay that there's like a little. Uh, a different interpretations or a little unevenness and cause that's, that's natural, but we wanted everybody uh, to be earnestly trying as hard as they could to really like dr- dramatically produce these roles, like not, yeah. not to be like, Oh, I'm in a goofy, uh, you know, sound, thank you. Like, joke Fuck. like, so we, so we asked them to do that and, they, that and they did, you know, they really, they, they worked hard and they did their best. And, um, and uh, you know, we, we're really happy with their, with their uh, choices and performances and uh they knew i mean we said like look if you do a bad job if you don't learn you know if you don't know your stuff you're gonna look dumb because you, we have these one take things and uh, <laughs> it's gonna go in the movie i mean that's it. and nobody looks dumb. i mean i i we wouldn't yeah you know and we did many takes like so yeah, just just to clarify what up he said we weren't shooting on film so we could do many takes but it had to be a mind. single shot so it had to be one of those takes
3: goes in the movie you know. Like yeah. Oh, I liked imagining you <laughs> right before a take saying, Hey, if you fuck up, it's your career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> were you no, no, we weren't.
2: But we've been told that about, um, you know, like shooting with like Jim Winorski or something. Like you got one chance to say your lie yeah. and then yeah. you moved on. So it's like, if you didn't know it, it's on yeah. film. And you
1: see it in the movie. sometimes. That's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I acted in a movie that was shot on film uh, a few years ago and uh, we rehearsed for months. Like we were, we, we, you know, learned, learned everything in inside and out. And he's like, you get, you get two shots, one wide, one close up, And that's, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. So, you know, if you fuck it up, like that's, that's how it is. And, um, and you know, w- the rehearsal really, I mean, I think, you know, we, we all really knew our stuff because we were, we were like, we don't want to look stupid and yeah, that's, it is what it is. So, yeah. yeah.
3: Okay. Now we got a little bit ahead here. Um, did you have a question? I just want to find out, at what point you Ooh, knew you were we going to wrap up here. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. Okay. Okay. So another weird coincidence you guys have with third Saturday in October is that he's got two movies coming out at the same time and he kind of has to make a prompt of like, here's, here's the preferred order to watch them in. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have one for Endgame? Yeah end zone two kind of can't get the fucking i I don't know (laughs) hey welcome back we're talking to the russo brothers yeah so what's your preferred order of watching here
2: we tell people to watch the ones of future smash the mockumentary first uh i think like i love end zone two but i think like for people that aren't used to like 70s slow nothing happens cinema i think it can turn some people off without the context even though i think it holds up perfectly fine on its own as a movie um for in some regards, like with people who watched it first and stuff, I think like getting in on the mockumentary side first is
3: is better. Yeah. Yeah. I think you go end zone two. And if you end up tuning out or it doesn't work for you and then you watch the mockumentary, it actually would amplify because you have so many people on camera saying like, Oh, I fell asleep or I think I only saw an hour of the movie. I think you might actually be able to connect there and then go back and watch it again. Like As that's what I was still thinking. Watch
2: the yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> we're not gonna. I think you know when it comes out, they're gonna probably come out separately. So people are I'm just gonna do whatever up. they whatever they do. I mean, that's we won't be able to control it at that point. But I do think
3: the response has been stronger when people watch uh, Smash first. Okay, and last thing that I have to commend y'all on is when you go on IMDb and you look up the End Zone Two, <laughs> it says yes. that uh, it came out in 1970. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, Were you all born. In like- <laughs> no, early oh, in the
2: uh, in our marketing, our marketing genius for this movie, <laughs> uh, we really kept up that it was a real movie for like right through like our both our premieres, like our UK premiere and our US Good for premiere. You. Like, uh, we did not break. <laughs> um, and, some and a lot of people, because of IMDb was- being a source of information that you think is legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they really believed it. They're like, oh man, there really is a movie I've never heard of. Uh, but it turns out IMDb is a place where anybody can put information and you should not trust it a hundred percent of the time. Oh, <laughs> like
3: everything on the internet. <laughs> now, did you get like blowback? Cause our experience when you yeah. deal with in-world camera film, if you make yeah. something that is too believable, people aren't excited. They're not like, wow, I can't believe I bought into that. Good job. They're like, fuck you for lying to me. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So the first reaction is what we
2: wanted is like, oh, cool, I had a fun experience of Discovery. <laughs> you know, yeah. But we definitely got the second reaction a bit not, not early on. Like, not a
1: lot. But with th-
2: those first few reviewers that like fell into the 1970 thing and they're like, okay, it looks good enough, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to pass We definitely
1: it. had a couple people who were kind of mad at us about yeah. like tricking them. But I'm like, <laughs> it's about... <laughs> It's about creating an experience. I mean that 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 was really the thing for us too. Is like we don't want this to be just about making a movie. We want it to be about like build mythology and building a world and creating an experience for people. And to me, that's a, like that's the fun of it. And um, I did you see Antrim a few years ago? Oh, we showed yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Now okay. before we had you guys on, I almost wanted to tell Oksana to let him know, like, hey, if you guys are keeping up the ruse, yeah, that no, these are real. <laughs> We, because we've played ball we've before, played ball uh, yeah, with, we they, play ball. with yeah, a yeah. serial killer from Canada, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who we only speak to in character, and in Antrim, <laughs> y'all have seen it. So we yeah, actually yeah. we're lucky enough that um, the theater in Antrim that was lacing their popcorn with LSD was in San Francisco and not named. So when we showed it at the unnamed footage festival, we uh dressed a dude up and gave out free popcorn to people, <laughs> nice. and and it. it Hey, that played it. That was our little, uh, castle moment right there. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> I like it.
1: Um, but yeah, I, I remember seeing, uh, I don't know if I saw it, or I read about like a Q and a Q&A where like some journalist was so pissed off and was yeah. like yelling at them about, you know, about the, w- w- what the presentation was. And I'm like, can't you just accept that this is like <laughs> a, about fun? Like this is a, about ma- making a fun experience. It's not like they're not trying to make you look stupid or feel stupid. Like that's not our goal—is to make like anybody the whole feel. The movie
2: is like a celebration of these yep. things because we are fans first and foremost. Yep. You know, like we yep. love the genre, and I think that shows in how niche and stupid this movie <laughs> yeah. is. You know? yeah. But you
3: know,
2: it's like and if you can't have fun with it, like like a lot of the reviews are like, "It's fake, it's fake, it's fake." And I'm like, who cares? Like, do you have fun or not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we're gonna get in five years. Like, we're not gonna know what's fake and what's not fake. You
3: yeah. know. <laughs> okay, so when are the movies coming out? How can people watch them? this is a great question uh
1: so we're finishing up our festival run for the next couple months and then i think we we don't know yet 100 percent, but i think it'll be out probably first on blu-ray yeah we're probably gonna
2: do like a pre-sale because like we have so much bonus material like there's like so much of the convention stuff that just had to be cut for time and for flow and then like with our interviewees you know a couple lines show up but we have like 20 minutes of footage with like each of those people like with different different lines that we tried so there's just gonna be a ton of bonus um and with the end zone 2 neil our producer who also plays backwards bob was filming the entire time on a camcorder so i have to go through that footage and see if anything is cool like a bts, yeah, like BTS uh, yeah, doc. you know yeah, he was just like every time out of the corner of my eye he was there filming so i'm i'm excited to go through that stuff so we're gonna have so much awesome special features so we're we're probably going to do like a kickstarter like pre-sale for the blu-ray um because we've talked to distributors and nobody has offered us what we want (laughs) Mm. which is a nice blu-ray release and some money (laughs) yeah
1: it's a hard it's a hard market right now so yeah lots of people everybody wants to put it out nobody wants to give us money
2: yeah so we're just gonna do it ourselves and i think that's gonna here's the thing it's like you know, I don't want to sound like greedy. like I need money, but like, you know, we put this movie on our credit cards and we want to make another movie in our lives. So
3: <laughs> you will have to make this, excuses. This, here. Yeah, yeah. For
2: this reason, you know, it's like, whatever is going to get us like a few grand back <laughs> so we can put it into the next movie, yeah. um, is, is our goal, you know? And I think for all indie filmmakers, like go support them because that's all we all want to do is make another movie. You know. Yeah. hundred percent.
3: All right. Now when the blu-rays come out, please be in contact. We love a Blu-ray and (laughs) can I please, we didn't get, we didn't have enough time, but if you do any like, but like lobby card or like bonus stuff with it, can you include some of those like I blitz on your grave? posters yeah you had like five football movies
0: which by the way i i'm again because i know that you know uh you guys started working on this pre-pandemic and before chat gpt hit but i'm what i'm gonna say is i bet some of those titles chat gpt could have given me
1: <laughs> hey give me a horror football yeah. movie it, uh they probably could have we we yeah. did we made them up ourselves actually uh r- on your
2: grave real quick grave? two
1: two funny things one is we went through so much trouble to get all those, po- to make the posters or get all the posters made. Yeah. And I was like, everybody's going to think we just use like mid journey or something now, no. <laughs> well, um, which we did not. Uh, um,
2: <laughs> we did hire artists. We hired artists. Well, and yeah, I made like, some of them. The ones that are real Photoshop disasters were me. And the ones <laughs> that were like nicely drawn were artists.
1: Right, they, we were had, great. they were all we great. Had we had a bunch it. of those. Yeah. We had a bunch of those. And then I, I will, we should give credit because Jared Rivet, who plays himself, you know, uh, as an expert,
2: he um, is a horror he, expert
1: here in LA. He he said to us, he's like, Oh, I'm naming off all those movies. I, he's like, I have another idea. Would it be okay if I added it? I'm like, Well, what is it? And he said, I blitz on your grave. And we're <laughs> like, Yes, you can add that. I was, so, <laughs> I
2: was annoyed because the posters were taking so much time. Yeah. I had to hide <laughs> like, them. was like, Oh one. my god, I've got to make another so, poster. <laughs> J-
1: so Jared Rivet came up with I Blitz on Your Grave yeah, and we Yeah, we, no, we
2: should make postcards of all we, of those. Yeah. yeah. We,
1: we uh, we thought about making t-shirts and, and posters and postcards of all those. We probably will.
2: Yeah.
1: I
3: want a poster of one of those. What were <laughs> a couple of the other titles? Do you remember? Uh, Confessions of a Psycho Kicker. The Gridiron
2: Massacre.
1: <laughs> the
3: Gridiron Massacre. <laughs> the Kansas
2: Gridiron Massacre. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> well, I'm blanking now. Oh,
2: my God. Yeah, Dude, they were so good.
3: Hey, um, good job. I like the movie. Please let me know when a Blu-ray is up for pre-order, too, because I yep. want one.
0: Absolutely. Well, we'll yeah, and one. we'll put yeah. it out
3: there. But yeah, awesome. thank you guys for hanging out with us and sorry for running long. No I couldn't no, help it. Yeah. God, there's so much more we could have talked about. <laughs> well, they made two movies. I know. Well, I love y'all. Keep us updated with anything else you have coming out. I know you guys are constantly working. Yes,
2: so yeah.
0: So let
3: us know. We'll put it out there for you. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate
0: it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts